Welcome to More Attention, Less Deficit, the free podcast version of the book, More Attention, Less Deficit, Success Strategies for Adults with ADHD, available at addwarehouse.com and pretty much everywhere else. But if you enter coupon code 19380, my zip code, at addwarehouse.com, you'll save 25%. Pretty cool. I'm psychologist Dr. Ari Tuckman, author of More Attention, Less Deficit, and Integrative Treatment for Adult ADHD, a practical, easy-to-use guide for clinicians. For more information about either book, archives of this podcast, links to past presentations, handouts, and information about upcoming teleclasses and presentations, check out adultadhdbook.com. Welcome to the episode, How to Get Help When You Need It for you or someone else. ADHD is definitely not an invisible condition. It may not always be obvious why someone does the things that she does, but there won't be much doubt about what she does. Therefore, part of managing your ADHD involves managing how you relate to other people. This involves making good decisions about how and when to ask for help, striving for balance in the relationship, living up to your obligations without making your problems other people's problems, and not promising more than you can deliver. We'll talk about all of these topics in further details in upcoming teleclasses, but in this one what we're going to do is just focus on the basics of effectively getting help from the people in your life. Many adults with ADHD have mixed feelings about getting help from others. On the one hand, they may be hesitant to reach out for help because they feel that they should be able to manage all these details themselves and that asking for help is therefore a sign that something is wrong with them. On the other hand, some adults with ADHD may rely on others too much to manage the details of their life and keep them on track. It can be even more confusing for all involved when the person vacillates between these two extremes because she hasn't figured out where she really stands and what she really wants the relationship to look like. As with most things in life, the best path is usually something in between. This means asking for help when it's appropriate. This tends to lead to the best outcomes. Things tend to work out better you get to take credit for your contribution to the successes, and the other person feels both needed and and appreciated. This sure beats the alternatives. In order to be able to manage your relationships effectively, you first need to know yourself and what you want. How much input do you want on what happens in your life? What are your limits? What are you willing to ask for help on, and what would you prefer to figure out for yourself? The answers to these questions evolve over the course of our lives as both our abilities and also the demands on us increase. Being diagnosed with ADHD will almost certainly shift your answers as well, in both directions. You may find that you're better able to take on certain responsibilities once you take your ADHD into account, whereas you may also find that you're now more willing to let go of other responsibilities, that in other words, you don't have to do everything. Once you know what you want, you need to communicate that to the people in your life. You may or may not tell them that you have ADHD, which I'll cover in an upcoming podcast and a teleclass in the end of September. But you will need to tell the people that you're dealing with what you're looking for from them, 
what you don't want from them, and what you're willing to give. Ask about their expectations and what they're willing to give. Then the negotiation begins. Whether you have ADHD or not, what you ask for from other people is probably different from what they ask of you. You could take it as a sign of weakness that you need to, for example, ask for reminders, but look at it this way. Isn't it kind of asking for trouble to associate with people who have exactly the same needs as we do? Isn't it better to have people in our lives who have needs and abilities that differ from and complement our own? Seems like that's kind of a better option of the two. When you approach those other people with your requests, you might want to emphasize how they, how they will also benefit from your doing better. So for example, if you know that you probably forget things that are said in passing, it may be better to ask people to leave you a note or send you an email or something like that. This way everybody wins, which is the only solution, frankly, that really lasts. But what do you do if someone else is having trouble asking for help or even accepting that he or she might have ADHD, you know? So how do you handle that situation if you're on the other side of this equation? You know, frankly, I would wager that a decent percentage of my listeners and readers are family members or romantic partners of adults with diagnosed or suspected ADHD. The reason why other people tend to get involved in politely encouraging, which is also known as nagging, depending on your perspective, the person with ADHD to get treatment is that untreated ADHD tends to affect the family members too. That, you know, ADHD is hardly unique in this regard, but we can almost say if one person in the relationship has ADHD, then kind of so does the other one. Now, I often get calls from these family members looking for treatment for someone else in their family, some other loved one or person in their life. Or I'm asked at presentations, you know, how do you get that reluctant person to come see someone? Sometimes a situation is complicated by having a child who seems to be struggling with ADHD, but the parent doesn't want to see it. Now, as a guy, I kind of hate to say this, but it's usually us dads who are the more reluctant of the two. These fathers justify not getting treatment by either minimizing the child's difficulties or saying that he'll grow out of it just like he himself did. Well, sort of. Now, no parent likes to admit that his child is struggling, but this responsibility can be doubly difficult for the parent with ADHD who is reliving his own childhood struggles while watching his child suffer. I certainly understand the desire to avoid this pain. Unfortunately, the pain only gets worse the longer it's avoided. So whether you're trying to get the adult or the child into treatment, some of the basics are the same. Is it, it isn't about pathologizing or casting blame. It's really more about making our, our lives easier and better. Now, we do this all the time in all sorts of ways. You know, for example, many of us have air conditioning, even though few of us would die from a hot day. You know, why would we suffer if we don't have to? So is it a moral failing to admit that you don't like swimming in your own sweat? Yet somehow ADHD feels different. So my advice is talk to the person in a calm way about his ADHD or you know whatever it is, if it hasn't been diagnosed yet, affects him and how it affects you. Now, don't be accusatory. Just state the facts as neutrally as you can manage. 
you know, about how it makes both of your lives harder than they should be or than they, than they have to be, about how it can be hard to admit these things, but that the reward for doing so is that life might get easier. Then tell him what you're willing to do and perhaps not willing to do to make things better. This is about collaboration and improving the lives of everyone in the family. So in other words, what do we need to do to make our lives better? That you're both involved in this. If you get a strong negative reaction like anger, denial, finger pointing, whatever, then you obviously hit a nerve. So back off and let it ferment. Wait a few days or weeks, then bring it up again. These sort of conversations sometimes need a few rounds before anything definitive happens. Of course, it's easier to take the long view if you start this this discussion before you get to the end of your rope. By that point, patience is long gone. If these conversations continue to fall on deaf ears, then it's time to turn up the heat in a nice way. Let him suffer his own consequences and be a little bit less generous about bailing him out of the situations that you mentioned. This doesn't mean giving him the cold shoulder or refusing to do anything nice for him, just the ADHD-related stuff that you talked about. For example, you won't be giving him those additional reminders or helping him get out the door on time when he gets distracted. Tell him this ahead of time so there are no nasty surprises and explain to him that you'd be happy to do these things again in the future, but only after he meets with a knowledgeable professional. Explain that you feel that it isn't helping him or the relationship for you to be working harder than he is on these things. If it's a child that you'd like to have evaluated, but the other parent is resistant, you may need to approach it a little differently. Explain why you think that it's worth looking at. If you have it, provide backup information, such as emails from teachers, report cards, comments from coaches, etc. So it doesn't look like this is just your opinion. If the other parent doesn't see the same problems, it may be because he doesn't interact with the child in the same situations. For example, you may be the one who's responsible for getting the child to do his homework, so you see the distraction and fight the battles. If that's the case, then ask the other parent to take over these responsibilities for a time. Now, not just once, because the novelty may mask some of those ADHD symptoms. Let him experience what you experience and see those struggles firsthand. Most likely, you and the other parent have the same goals for your child, but may disagree about the methods of getting there. You may feel that you need to address his potential ADHD in order for him to be most successful, whereas the other parent may not see this as necessary. Remember to keep these common goals in mind, since that will tend to keep the discussion calmer and more productive. This is especially the case if you and the other parent don't live together. It may be that the other parent needs to see the gains that a child makes once his ADHD is addressed in order to agree to look at his own difficulties. Of course, the better we're doing in our own lives, the better parents we can be. So his getting on top of his ADHD and feeling more effective and less stressed will only be a good thing for everyone. So our next episode will be Always Moving Forward. 
Folks with ADHD tend to focus more on the next thing in front of them than on circling back around to tie up the loose ends of what they were working on. This comes mostly out of weaknesses in their working memories, which can be really helpful to understand. Now, as a final note, I'm happy to announce that the Attention Deficit Disorders uh, new season of weekly teleclasses has begun. So we have a great lineup of speakers covering a wide range of topics. You can find a list at www.adda.webex.com. So uh, www.ada.webex.com. Now, you need to be a member of ADA to listen in, but it's well worth the investment. In addition, um, I'll be doing a free question and answer session, which is open to everyone every first Wednesday of the month, the next one being September 2nd. Uh, so hopefully you can join us then. Until next time, thanks for lending me your attention.